You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Not going to talk very much tonight about the January 6th committee that is uh, in prime time tonight, because if I do, I'll start getting very, very angry. This is a band of liars, all of them, Kinzinger, Cheney, Schiff, Benny Thompson. These people are running a Soviet-style tribunal that is so un-American. This is corruption. Ladies and gentlemen, this is corruption. Now, I'll keep an eye on it. If there's anything that I have to address that must be addressed, I'll get to it. But really, I have to remember, and you have to remember, that the bottom line with this committee, as offensive as it is, it's also a joke. It is a total and complete joke. So let's treat it that way, okay? Heroes. I like it so much better now. I can take any committee if the Hogan's Heroes theme accompanies it. Look, it is a joke committee, and here's why. More than anything else, there is some things to investigate about January 6th. Number one, the Capitol Hill police. Who is this police officer? Who is that little cop? Why did so many cops let the people inside? What happened? Why was there no security? And what security was there? failed miserably. These cops on either side of the wall, just letting everybody inside. Why won't Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and Schiff, why don't they want the answers? And also just before Ashley Babbitt was killed, these three dumb cops, not under fire, not in any danger, just walk away. There they go. Why? What really happened? A lady was killed, Ashley Babbitt, by a Capitol Hill cop, Michael Byrd. She was unarmed. Why aren't they finding out about this, huh? Why? Is it because she's white? Is it because she's a Karen? Is that what they like to call her? Is it because Michael Byrd, the bad cop lieutenant who shot her, is black? What's really happening, okay? Again, it's a joke, but it's also a tragedy, the January 6th hearings. So... We'll keep our eye. If anything needs to be specifically addressed, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. In the meantime, she's on fire. Her name is Carrie Lake, and she's running for governor of Arizona. And she's conservative. She's pro-Trump. She's anti-media. 
So what do you think the media thinks of her? They hate her. Even though she worked in the media for many, many years, they tried another hit job. Everybody comes to Phoenix and they try to take her out. But the more they try, the stronger she gets. I really believe that. So NBC News did a, like a five-minute piece and all kinds of resources. They interviewed a dozen people, try to get anybody to share dirt with them on her. And this is who they got. Take a look. One thing that hasn't changed, according to Lake's former colleagues, her stubborn, combative style. You were her HR manager. Yes. How was she to work with when there was tension? She wouldn't work with you. She would leave. Carrie wants what Carrie wants. That's what she wants. <laughs> well, Greg Kelly wants what Greg Kelly wants. That's what he wants. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants what they want. What kind of statement is this? Hey, by the way, aren't HR managers like this former one, aren't they supposed to kind of keep their mouth shut about ex-employees, but that's the worst that it got? Hey, nobody likes it when they have to go to HR. Nobody likes HR managers. I mean, sorry to all the HR managers out there. So that's the one that would go on the record as far as former colleagues go. Now, yeah, former colleague. Let's see. Former Lake colleague. Really? I never consider, no offense, anybody in HR to be my colleague, all right? They're like the uh, internal affairs. They're like narcs. Nobody likes HR. All right. Next, what did they do to Carrie Lake? Interviewed some of her, one of her former friends, one of her former friends. Take a look at this. This is so unfair. Barbara Seville, Arizona's most prominent drag queen, befriended Lake about 20 years ago. I was kind of starstruck when I saw her the first time. I was like, oh my God, there's Carrie. And we became friends. But last month, during Pride Month, Lake tweeted, they kicked God out of schools and welcomed the drag queens. They took down our flag and replaced it with the rainbow. I'm a friend of yours for 20 years, and I'm disposable now. Okay. Uh, drag queens, it's drag queens coming into school. That's the issue. That's the issue that's disposable. That's the issue that's trash. Carrie Lake, myself, you can be a friend with a drag queen. And uh, I guess here you are. I only see you at certain events. I wonder how close you actually were. But uh, look. I was friends with RuPaul for a while. No kidding. RuPaul, the famous, uh, uh, I guess, what does she do? Cross-dress, what, whatever. I mean, I, she's actually a very, he's actually, oh, it gets confusing. But he's got that uh, show, RuPaul's Drag Race. You ever see this thing? And um, I actually have met this guy a couple of times. You can have a conversation with him about lots of things, and he's very, very cool. I considered him not a friend, but a buddy. He would come on my old show. We always had a great time. We talked about his show. We talked about life. Here's the deal, though, all right? I personally am not qualified to go into a school and read to the kids. I have no background in that, and I don't think drag queens do either. We don't want drag queens or any untrained people going into schools to read to children. This is wrong. And this is what Carrie Lake was talking about. You can be friends with anybody. I don't care what you got going on. We may disagree about politics, but sending them into the schools? I bet even RuPaul thinks that's wrong. I bet uh, maybe that uh, guy in Phoenix might even think that's wrong. Okay? Okay. Uh, ooh. There's this, too. She's got going against her, according to the mainstream media. She began spreading Internet conspiracy theories. You can take the hydro hydroxychloroquine as a preventative. And then she refused to acknowledge Biden as the winner of the 2020 election. This is still America.
we still have rights. Uh, hydroxychloroquine is a mainstream drug. It's not some internet conspiracy theory. And we could talk about the 2020 election all day long. Why don't they want to? Hmm? I have grave doubts about the fairness of that election. Good for Carrie Lake for taking a stand. And these reporters, who do they think they are? Who is this reporter? His name is uh, Von Hilliard. He's, uh, I don't know, 30, 31. He has done nothing in his life other than work in various newsrooms. How is he an expert? How does he know what's a conspiracy theory, what's truth and what's not? How does he know that the election was safe and sound? Self-appointed expert. That's what these guys are. They just appoint and they have no background, no skill. Same for the guy who sat next to him, uh, Joe Scarborough. Talk about. Now, once he was done with the report, Joe Scarborough had some things to say about Carrie Lake. This, his comments, who he is, who says this? This is the scandal. You know, Mika, it is, uh, as you were watching this, you said it's sad, and it is. It is sad. It, it's sad for American democracy. She, she says the media is un-American, somebody who's, who's running around Profiting trying to overthrow, uh, supporting the overthrow of the American government. I guess Benedict Arnold probably said the same thing. Carrie Lake is trying to overthrow American democracy. She's a fascist. Is that what he's saying? That's what they're saying. Likening people who oppose the woke mob to Benedict Arnold, that is disgusting, Joe Scarborough. You and your sidekick, Mika. And then there was this. Jeff Curry like a Barack Obama supporter, a Barack Obama supporter. Is somebody that somebody that befriended uh, for a long time drag queens. Now she's attacking drag queens and now, of course, attacking Barack Obama and now saying that that the election was stolen. And, and yet here she is on another extreme. OK, we already addressed the drag queen issue, not attacking them, attacking drag queens coming into school for some sort of very weird, probably perverted idea for kids. Story time with drag queens. But the Barack Obama thing. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people who voted for Trump actually voted for Barack Obama. A lot of us were seduced thinking this guy somehow could talk sanity to the very real problems we have with race in America. He at one point was willing to do it. And he did. Unfortunately, it lasted about 10 minutes. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Those are hard truths uh, and something that it's difficult for a lot of us to talk about. It was easier for him to talk about it, but he was slapped around by the far left and he stopped talking about it. So he gave up. But I won't. Uh, and neither will Carrie Lake. He's reluctant to do it. Yes, we fell for it, but we won't fall for it again. Carrie Lake, you are on fire. I wish you all the luck in the world. Stay with us. Dave Chappelle, ah, another hero. They're trying to cancel him, but he's uncancelable. Hopefully we'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Joe Biden has COVID, or does he? Quite frankly, I don't believe anything this guy says anymore. I really don't. But according to him and the White House, he has COVID. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. But I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. And, uh, and I really appreciate your inquiries and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm going to continue to get it done. And, uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern. And keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Okay. No, I don't believe him. This was done to cover up something. Hey, by the way, a lot of that was garbled, wasn't it? I don't remember President Trump needing to have the words at the bottom of the screen so he could understand what he was saying. But anyway, yeah, this was a cover-up operation, in my opinion. Say you have COVID today to cover up for saying you had a far more serious situation just yesterday. Take a look. And guess what? The first frost... You know what was happening? It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Why I and so many others have cancer and he's blaming it on the environment. Um, That may be an inadvertent telling of the truth. I believe it's true actually. Now, the White House is saying he was talking about uh, a skin cancer from several years ago. No, you heard him talk about the oil. That's not related to skin cancer. Now, incredibly, once again, the mainstream media buys it all. And they make fun of people like me who say, wait a second, he just said he had cancer. Tweet after tweet from very high profile people. He had non-melanoma skin cancer removed. Stop it. Twice boosted. He does not have skin cancer. And on and on and on, just accepting the official line, the official line, even though we just heard Joe Biden say that he has cancer. They say we're dumb for questioning it. I think the shoe is on the other foot, huh? But yeah, they're just so eager to accept what the officials tell them. President Biden tested positive for COVID this morning. The news so far is good. He's isolating at the White House, and uh, I'm sure we all wish him a speedy recovery. We do. I was, when I had COVID, I binged Lucifer. President Biden has something else he could watch on television tonight. That's the primetime hearing of the January 6th committee. Do we know if he plans to watch that? Uh, isn't that cute? But you notice no one's asking about cancer. They're asking about COVID. Just today, he gets, I find it very suspicious. The White House, by the way, is totally blindsided by the COVID story, probably because, in my opinion, it's not true. You tell me, do you think they have their story straight? Take a look. I just want to clarify, can you say exactly when he started feeling mild symptoms? I I cannot say. Where exactly was the person infected? Where was he infected? I I don't think we know. Um, I certainly don't know if you you have any thoughts on that. Look, I, I don't think that that matters. Yeah, it does actually kind of matter. And you can't even figure out when he started feeling symptoms. Just ask the guy. They can't keep their story straight. They have a problem here. Hey, I think the people who were around him yesterday should know, right? What are your theories on this? He wasn't wearing a mask around all those people. You know, he's been all over the place on the mask. Uh, It's kind of interesting. He's surrounded by people not wearing a mask. And on Jimmy Kimmel just last month, uh, he's alone backstage. And notice he's wearing the mask. (laughs) 
takes it off just in time to actually shake Jimmy Kimmel's hand, huh? Uh, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Oh, and also, since he's double vaccinated, double boosted, triple boosted, um, he's not supposed to get uh, the COVID. He told us that. Nobody gets COVID if you're vaccinated, right? You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated, not the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. Okay, got it, Joe. Sure, sure, sure. But all this COVID talk is a distraction, I believe, from what he said yesterday. This is the important part that nobody's talking about right now except us. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Yeah, and that's uh, that's important. What kind of therapy is he treating? It could have an impact on, you know, cognitive ability, his fatigue. I want to know what's happening. All right. Now, the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Don't believe the January 6th committee or anybody in the mainstream media. Under this law, there was a way to legally object to the election that we had grave doubts about in November 2020 on January 6th. And Paul Gosar got things started. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. I love it. With an assist from Ted Cruz. A lot of us believe that the folks were let into Capitol Hill not to stop the the vote counting, but to stop that, the objection. They didn't want the objections, which were actually successful because uh, Democrats tried it in 2017. Jimmy Raskin stood up and tried to stop uh, the electoral count. Back in 2000, uh, something like 15 members of Congress got up one after the next to object. Thing was, under the Electoral Count Act, you need a senator to join you, and no senators would. So this brings us to today. Uh, Susan Collins, of all people, wants to change the Electoral Count Act law. So here's the thing. The vice president under the law, and let's face it, people interpret the law different ways. That's why we have a Supreme Court. We believe the vice president, in this case, Vice President Pence, had the ability, had the authority to send those electoral votes back to the states to let them sort it out, make sure they're all fair and legit, and then send them back to the Capitol. They want to change the law. Now, why do they want to do that? Take a look at what Susan Collins is uh, submitting here. The constitutional role of the vice president is solely ministerial. Again, this is the reform. This is what they wanted to read, not what it reads now. Next, please. I think we have one more. The vice president does not have any power to accept, reject, or otherwise adjudicate disputes over electors. Again, this is the proposed change to the law. If they're changing the law, it certainly suggests to me that the vice president presently under the law as it stands has all kinds of authority to accept, reject or otherwise adjudicate disputes over electors. Do you got that, Mike Pence? Okay, I don't think he ever did. And I don't think he's uh, just not ready. He's too wooden, too stiff, can't handle it, can't handle the pressure either. All right. Moving on, Dave Chappelle, one of the funniest men in the universe and most talented, too. 
All of a sudden, this lesbian fellow stepped between us. <laughs> hey, that's my girl. I said, yo, yo, my man, back up. Come on, that's funny. I know it's not politically correct, but it's comedy. It's on at night. It's okay. Comedy clubs. It's too much for certain people to handle. The woke mob is out of control. Uh, guess what? He had a sold-out show up in Minneapolis, canceled hours before over controversial trans jokes and uh, other jokes, perhaps. Moved to another venue. Uh, let's go through it. The famous, even legendary uh, uh, theater where it was canceled. Yes, the Dave Chappelle show tonight at First Avenue. That's the name of the theater. Has been canceled. Why? Well, to staff, artists, and our community, we hear you, and we are sorry. Boy, this trans community is so powerful. We know we must hold ourselves to the highest standards, and we know we have let you down. How? You let me down. We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression. But in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. What impact, huh? Somebody got their feelings hurt? Somebody who's too sensitive? Somebody who is looking to have their feelings hurt, perhaps? You got to roll with it in life. Uh, this is still America, isn't it? Good luck, Dave Chappelle. He'll be fine. I think he's worth almost a billion dollars. Hey, do you know about the coach at the University of Michigan? Uh, Jim Harbaugh, that's his name. Uh, he's in his late 50s, a very successful coach of the Wolverines there. And in his off-duty time, he and his wife spoke at a beautiful pro-life event. He spoke movingly and beautiful about his commitment to the unborn. Take a look at this. Uh, his words at the event. I believe in having the courage to let the unborn be born. I love life. I believe in having a loving care and respect for life and death. My faith and my science are what drive these beliefs in me. Quoting from Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. There are conflicts between the legitimate rights of the mother and the rights of the unborn child, he said. One resolution might involve incredible hardship for the mother, family, and society. Another results in the death of an unborn person. Neither outcome is good, but between the two, the life of the unborn person must win out. Amen, Jim Harbaugh. I love it. I love it. It's a private citizen. This is still America. There has been a total media meltdown about his comments, huh? New York Times, uh, everybody saying, whoa, 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 this is too much to handle. Is it? Is it really? Come on. This is still America, folks. Good luck to the coach. I admire him for taking a stand. I hope he doesn't have to pay a big price for this one. I'm with you, sir. Okay, stay with us. Fox News is still covering up for Joe Biden. Pretty astonishing. They are. Be right back. Greta Van Susteren is back. She's on Newsmax, giving you the really big stories without the spin. Watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren. She's smart, tough, and always fair. Don't miss Greta's new show. All, All I, I can, can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> and sometimes, a lot actually, Fox News is the fake news. So Joe Biden uh, had trouble once again saying something very simple. In this case, it was somebody's name, a congressman he was supposed to acknowledge at an event. Uh, watch what happened. 
Senator Ed Markey. Ed, where's there you go? Senator Elizabeth Warren, Congress Auchincloss sauce. Where is she? There you go, Jake. Auchincloss sauce. Oh, where is she? There you are, Jake. That was a mess. All right, he blew it. He blew it. Um, who is that? Anyway, I've never heard of Auchincloss sauce. So they made fun of it a little bit on Fox and Friends. Look at what the White House reporter said. Mm, squared them away. No, no, no. It wasn't Joe's brain. It was a teleprompter in the sun. <laughs> I've seen this at, you know, I've seen this at different political rallies because, you know, they have the teleprompter. It doesn't matter, you know, right. which party the person is in. They're trying to read off of these supporters, but odds are, you know, there's, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of distraction. So I can imagine when you're trying to read off the prompter, maybe in the glaring sun, it can be a little tough to see. Uh, I didn't see any uh, distractions, did you? I saw the ocean. I saw a big field behind him. There wasn't a lot of noise. Why the hell would Fox News spin for this guy? They got 80,000 people who work for him in the press department. Do they need anybody else at Fox News of all places? I don't think so. All right. Take a look at this. The American flag. We love it, don't we? Well, for some people, this is triggering. No kidding. A classic statement from a New York Times reporter. What happens to her when she sees old glory? I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, uh, Trump flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your country. I own this. How does that song go? This land is your land. This land is my land. It's our land, okay? The American flag triggers her. Well, she's not alone. Take a look at this little display. This was uh, near Capitol Hill. It looks like a little bit of a beautiful mini parade of some type. Uh, Now, look at what a Reuters reporter, how she reacted when she saw this. Yikes! Just saw this gang walking around the Capitol and had a wave of... January 6th anxiety, really. So that, tr- that that made you scared. Let's take a closer look. Maybe we're missing something here, okay? Uh, what does that banner really say? It says something, uh, uh, restorationmovement.com. Uh, that sounds nice. 1776, great year, right? Important to history. Uh, what else is going on here that could have upset somebody? Uh, that guy, does he have anything strange on his shirt? No, I don't. That, that looks kind of fine to me. Oh, wait, wait. there's got to be something that got this lady upset. Uh, That woman. No, it looks like a beautiful scene. Okay, no big deal. All right. Nothing to be frightened of. Strange, huh? All this January 6th stuff. Now, I said I'm not going to talk about the hearings from tonight. For a moment, though, I'll tell you about the preview. Adam Kinzinger wanted to shake things up uh, with a tweet. What was Donald Trump doing while the Capitol was under siege? Take a look. So Adam and his team came together and they put out this uh, highlight reel of the testimony. What Donald Trump was up to on January 6th. Warning, you may be shocked. With the president in that private dining room the whole time that the attack on the Capitol was going on, or did he ever go to, again, only to your knowledge, to the Oval Office, to the White House Situation Room, anywhere else? So that's my recollection. He was always in the dining room. Okay. Did, what did they say, Mr. Meadows or the president? 
at all during that brief encounter that you were in the dining room? What do you recall? I think they were, I really was watching the TV. Do you know whether he was watching TV in the dining room when uh, you talked to him on January 6th? Um, it's my understanding he was watching television. When you were in the dining room in these discussions, was the, on, was the, the violence capital visible on the screen on the, on the television? Yes. Okay, he was in the dining room watching TV. Is there a problem with that? He was watching TV. What's the problem? What, what, why can't he do that? Um, this was, well, what was on TV that day? This is interesting. What was he actually seeing? The committee can't establish that. We can conjecture. We can try to figure it out ourselves by looking at what was on TV that day. Take a look. CNN first. We are watching an attempted sedition. We are watching watching an attempt at a bloodless coup in the United States. Trump supporters stopping the constitutional process, the counting of electors. Okay. All right. That's a lot of hyperbole. I didn't see anything that is actually suggested as much. What else did they say on TV? This is basically taking over, storming the Capitol in in a... It's anarchy. It really is anarchy. And the president has encouraged this time and time again. And they are stopping the constitutional peaceful transfer of power. Anarchy, just anarchy. Look at those people walking between the ropes there. Anarchy. So you notice the tone, but forget about the tone and look at the images. I think this is a fascinating exercise. I've done it before. I want to do it again. I still think it's important. Let's turn down the volume and look at that first clip. No jig tapper, just images. Does this look like uh, an insurrection? Um, no. Looked like a bunch of people hanging around. Uh, next. <laughs> uh, next. Yeah. Total anarchy, right? Totally out of control. It's not. This is what they're going to have to, well, if this were an honest proceeding they'd have to find out what images the president was seeing. Now, I am told that these, a lot of the really intense stuff, and look, there were some fighting and there was some pushing and shoving. That didn't come out until a few days later. Uh, cell phone video and that kind of thing. This was broadcast on the day, January 6th. Take a look. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's some... Whatever. Is the president of the United States supposed to call B-52s? I mean, what is he supposed to do if he saw this on TV? I mean, didn't we see all this during Black Lives Matter summer and much, much worse? And whenever the president talked about using real force, guess what? He was tripped up by his own team. Mark Milley stepped in his way every step of the way, did not want to see uh, the troops used to uh, quell the violence. He was dead set against it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. In fact, uh, the swamp, including Millie, they characterized BLM, all that violence, all that damage as something wonderful, right? And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. Peaceful protest means that American freedom is working. Something very, very wrong with him and this entire situation. They cannot, they cannot explain this away. They can't make it go away that 
President Trump came out and directly said on January 6th that he wants peace and everybody should go home. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. And he put out numerous tweets that day saying the same thing. Now, there's some grumbling. Why didn't he go to the press briefing room and address the nation? Well, the people at the Capitol weren't watching TV, but they did have cell phones with them. The whole damn thing is a farce to try to stop this man. But I don't think he's stoppable. I think he's coming back. All right, folks, stay with us. Uh, Louis Gohmert, congressman, great guy, and he supports those January 6th prisoners. There he is with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, we'll meet him coming up. Can you believe this? There are still people being held in jail and prison who did not break anything, who did not hurt anyone on January 6th. It may seem that they're forgotten, but they are not. We remember them here at Newsmax. And I'm glad that Congressman Louis Gohmert, Republican of Texas, remembers them and is working for them and is reminding everybody about them. He just wrote a very interesting piece for the Epic Times. I'll read a portion of it right now. What we're witnessing right now with the treatment of the January 6th prisoners and other defendants is the weaponization of our once great justice system to target and destroy political opponents. Congressman Gohmert, welcome back and thank you. Thank you so much. How are you? Well, I'm doing all right, uh, but not doing uh, the our January 6th prisoners are not doing so well. And having been a felony judge, it grieves me to see the vendettas. I mean, we got we kind of currently a, uh, an attorney general that's more vindictive than the late John Mitchell and more manipulative than J. Edgar Hoover. And it does not bode well for our justice system at all. You know, you point out the uh, the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. You talk about yeah. this in their in the piece. You know, I remember these guys. I mean, they'll defend anything for the freedom of speech and for, you know, they'll they'll defend Nazis. They'll defend you know, anybody you can think of. Yeah. It's all about civil liberties. They'll defend people they disagree with. They won't touch the January Sixers. They used to, but they have become so political themselves uh, that I don't, I don't see that uh, they will stand for civil liberties because they're not right now. And and listen, uh, as a former felony judge, there are people in ju- involved in January 6th I would have no problem sending to prison. But most of them committed misdemeanors, and if they committed a felony, usually that is the obstruction of an official session of Congress which is exactly what most of the Democrats committed in June of 2016. Uh, unlike some of the January Sixers who came in for 20 minutes, some of them were waved in, that kind of thing. But uh, in June of 2016, it wasn't a matter of six hours max. It was around 24, 26 hours that the Democrats staged to sit in on the floor 
They obstructed an official session of Congress. And those people that are the most hypocritical are wanting the heads of people that did only a fraction of what they did. It wasn't right when they did it. It's not right when the January Sixers did it. But the thing about a good system of justice is that justice is supposed to be blind, applied fairly across the board. And really, Greg, it's why I won't watch uh, the January 6th hearings. I mean, I didn't when I was in the Soviet Union, I didn't want to watch a Soviet trial. <laughs> Don't want to watch Iranian, North Korean. They're not fair. That's not justice. And this isn't justice either. It's exactly what the two impeachments were. And that is using government taxpayer money for the rawest of political opportunity. So, Congressman, um, we have to face facts here, though, that uh, you, a very small number of others, uh, very few in the media, are talking about these issues in this light, the way we are tonight. Very few Republicans, quite frankly, in Congress uh, are stepping up to defend these people. And I keep coming back to Ashley Babbitt, who was, I believe, murdered by Lieutenant Byrd. We have a picture of Byrd and Babbitt together. Uh, she was unarmed. She did not pose a deadly threat. I believe, and I've studied this issue rather extensively, there's not a police department in the country that would say that this was a justified shooting. No. But the problem is I don't see many other Republicans, you know, asking questions about this. That capital. Well, and police... I don't hear many in the media pointing out what you have. And let me just say, Greg, I'm so grateful that you've been willing to point that out. Now, uh, whatever you want to call it. When I was in the army, what happened to Ashley Babbitt was called an ambush. And we were taught how to set up ambushes. But but I still, if we had a legitimate January 6th inquiry going on, you would have the two Capitol Police officers that were standing in front of the doors, because as long as they were there, no one made a move on those doors. Then I couldn't tell if they said something to each other or if there was some motion. Somebody else made a motion, but all the, they look at each other and then they moved out from in front of the door. I know you've seen it. You've done. And then once they were out of the way, then the glass gets broken. They help put Ashley Babbitt's neck right into the crosshairs of the ambush. And she was ambushed by a Capitol Police officer. This is that video right there uh, where those cops just walk away for who knows what reason. Congressman Gohmert, please, I know you'll stay on the case. Uh, if the Republicans take over, I hope we get the answers that America deserves. Uh, thank you, sir. Congressman Louis Gohmert, it's the pieces in the Epic Times uh, worth reading. And, of course, more information at the congressman's website. Thank you, sir, very much. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for caring so much. Of course. Oh, my. It's a privilege. I'll be right back. You are looking at the late David Dorn, a retired police captain from St. Louis who was gunned down by rioters during the Black Lives Matter um, riots and protests in 2020. He was performing uh, security as a uh, retired officer outside of Lee's Pawn and Jewelry Shop. His killer was convicted today. His killer was convicted today. Uh, that individual, Stephen Cannon. And uh, 
Officer Dorn's widow was elated by the verdict. I'm very elated and thankful to God. Um, David, this justice, justice has been served. Justice was served. Now we are joined. We are honored to have with us Brian Powell, son of the of the hero cop, uh, police captain David Dorn. Uh, Brian Powell, welcome uh, back to Newsmax. So sorry for your loss, but today seems like it uh, was a good day in some respects. Yes, it was, Greg. It was really a good day. We uh, got the verdict that we were seeking. It was a really good day. You know, your father... He was mentioned, but not terribly much. And I, I realized today this picture I certainly remember, but I don't hear about him all that often. And I think we should. This is one of the casualties, one of the fatalities of that of that summer. Do you think he's received his due? Uh, I really think he received his due because my dad was uh, not only a hero, but uh, he was the type of individual that people cling to, they drew to. He uh, had that type of energy, that personality, that charisma that everyone loved. And I don't think he deserved this just due because uh, no one was really talking about him during that summer. A few people uh, brought it to the attention of the media and to the uh, and to the world, but I don't think he got his just due. If they really knew the man that I knew, that I grew up with, that uh, I grew up idolizing, they would really know that, hey, we lost a very important member to society. They would really know that. Well, there's there's one moment I'll never forget, and I'm glad your family had it, and I think your father heard it loud and clear where he is. It was at the White House that when they had the Republican convention there, actually, and President Trump spoke directly to your family. Here's that moment. Yes. Here tonight is the grieving family of retired police captain David Dorn, a 38-year veteran of the St. Louis Police Department, a great man and a highly respected man by all. In June, Captain Dorn was shot and killed as he tried to protect his store from rioters and looters, or as the Democrats would call them, peaceful protesters. They call them peaceful protesters. We're honored to be joined tonight by his wonderful wife, Anne, and beloved family members, Brian and Kaylin. To each of you, we will never forget the heroic legacy of Captain David Dorn. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I just thought that was... Uh that was very nice and uh, obviously well-deserved. Um, what else should we know about your dad? And is there anything we can do to help? Well, uh, just know that he was the type of person that everyone, like I said, loved. Everyone, if you would have met him, uh, you would have just fell in love with him. He, is an ama he was an amazing father. He was an amazing uh, husband, grandfather. He was just an, a friend. He he befriended everyone. Uh the Captain David Dorn Foundation is a foundation that's there to help the first responders, not only police officers, but uh, paramedics, firefighters, all our first responders. They may need uh, material, tools, uh, resources. Uh, the Captain David Dorn Foundation is definitely there to provide those resources and that assistance for our first responders. I love it. I love it. I'm glad it's there. And uh, let's keep in touch. My best to... Uh, Anne, if you don't mind, she's been on the show and we like her a lot. Thank you, sir. 
Houston's our best. You bet. We're we're glad uh, you got justice today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. To be continued. We'll, you bet. We'll be right back. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow night. All the best.